Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer, joined as always by Sheldon Williams. Sheldon, how are you this day? I know the Blue Devils are coming off a tough loss on Saturday. We'll get into that, but how are you doing? I, I could be better, but you know, uh, um, I'm doing I'm doing well despite everything else that happened over the weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a tough weekend for the Blue Devils on Saturday. We're we're going to get into that and break it down. We'll talk about what happened with uh, uh, Kyle. Caleb Foster got hurt during the game. Uh, Kyle Filipowski got obviously got hurt after the game. Everybody know everybody knows about that court storming situation. We're going to uh, discuss that a little bit and get some updates there as we uh, uh, get this information to everybody. But first of all, uh, Sheldon's going to tell us about our uh, our main sponsor for the podcast, Bet Online. Yep, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year, with up to the minute odds, stats and trends you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best players props experience the world's best wagering platform anytime you use your desktop or your mobile devices head to bet online today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-b for your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online the game starts here yeah, man, we we thank Bet Online for their sponsorship from the podcast from the very beginning, and we have a new sponsor to add. We're gonna tell about that in a few minutes, folks. That's exciting news for us here at the podcast. But um, before we go any further, we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, the Blue Devils lost eighty three seventy nine, and the big the big headline was, you know, uh, the students that rushed the court ran in to flip on the court as he was right. trying to get off the court. They were I was there. They were on the court incredibly quickly. Um, I mean, just like a, like snap your fingers, they were out there. Sometimes there's a little bit of a delay. Yeah. Most people got off uh, the court. Flip, unfortunately, was stuck out there. He got spun around. We've all seen the videos. Um, just a scary a scary thing. There's no way to get around it. And uh, we hope that Flip is not seriously injured. It doesn't sound like he is, but just to be in that situation is a bad thing. Don't you think, Sheldon? Uh, definitely. I, I agree. I mean, as a fan and watching on TV, I understand that, you know, seeing the court being stormed, it's kind of an exciting moment um, as a fan. But for me, I'm like playing both sides of the fence here because as a player, things do kind of happen. And whether it be somebody kind of do something dirty or whatever it is intentional to you while you're out there on the court, um, those things do come up from time to time. And I just wish that I know you can't barricade the whole, you know, perimeter of the court. I understand that it's, it's too many bodies for that to happen. I understand that. But you know, a game's being close or a game's being tight, and that's a probability that's going to happen. Why not have a team already out there so they can swarm around the actual opposing team and make sure they kind of funnel them to the the tunnel so they can go back safely, and then everybody else can kind of start in the court with the actual you know, home team players. If that's a, if they're going to keep it like that, I know SEC. I believe the SEC they kind of be the ones that kind of penalize schools 
for big doing fines. that. Big fines, big fines, quarter of a million dollar fines. That yeah, yeah, but yeah, they don't care. I mean, the thing is, like, <laughs> we're not paying for it, so it's <laughs> right on the court. We be we caught up in the moment and things like that. So it's kind of torn because uh, I'm more on uh, both sides of the fence, where as a former player as well as now watching as a fan, you know, it, it media optics, it's it looks nice and exciting that the fans kind of be involved with the players of the home team. But then there's always those few times where it's people caught up with the opposing team's players and, or even sometimes the coaches and they're going to say something that's, you know, reckless and things kind of, you know, turn out of uh, control, all of that, spin out of control, all of that. And it's a highly charged moment. And, and you know that better than far better than I do, but as soon as the game ends within five seconds after the game's over, you got people interacting with players and, um, John Shire, you know, mentioned, you know, Flip's getting all the attention because he got hurt, obviously. But there are two instances instances where, like, Wake Forest fans got in the face of Mark Mitchell and Jared McCain, and you know, Jared was trying to walk off the court, and the guy stood in front of him and got right, you know, nose to nose kind of yeah, thing. And yeah, yeah. I mean, think about that passion and moment, the restraint yeah. you have to have not to. A fan could get hurt too. I mean, they could, yeah. they could you know. That's, that's yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> it, it definitely is. I mean, I, I watched the replay, and I want to say somebody even kind of bumped into the head coach, you know, John Shire, too, yeah. uh, with his phone out and things like that. I'm like, that stuff like that cannot happen. Like, you can't get that close to the coach like that. I don't care where you at. That's something that cannot happen at all. But the fact that you have people coming to the, the face of the opposing team players and kind of getting to their face and want to egg you on, and then all of a sudden, you're still a person, you're still a human. At some point, something going to trigger you and you have to respond. And that's the yeah. down part of that. And that's what we kind of get into. It's like I said, one side being a fan, seeing on TV is being exciting, but then all of a sudden being on the player side, you have people that are doing that. And all of a sudden things can go, you know, left real quick. And then all of a sudden a player gets hurt, a fan gets hurt. I mean, we all seen, you know, a few years ago, the Malice in the Palace type thing going on with uh, that. We haven't had it in college basketball, but we've seen something like that already happen. So, I wish that the college basketball NCAA would do something better where they just funnel these these teams. If they can't stop the court storming, funnel have people, a team of you know, security guards funnel these guys into the tunnel so there's no um, they're protected. Virginia does that. I mentioned that in one of my stories over the weekend. Virginia has started doing a really good job of having um, security people kind of lock arms in front of the visiting bench and so that the handshake line can happen. And then the visiting team's right out. And uh, that's that that's been a, a big improvement up there. Um at Wake, you know, the the visiting bench is the tunnel's right behind the visiting bench. So you should be able to gather pretty quickly. But the problem is the guys that are on the court, on the and court. Yeah. they got they the fans got out there too quickly. And so mm-hmm. um Syracuse, other places, uh NC State started doing this now where they, they have security lined up to kind of funnel the players, not the players, funnel the fans in a certain direction. Slow them down just enough so they're going to the other side of the court, maybe or on the edge of the court, so that the mm-hmm. players can get off the court. Because it, it's fine. If the players are off the court, everybody have fun. It's it's cool. I mean, yeah, I love yeah. seeing the court, court storm. It's exciting. I get yeah. it. I get why people like it. But yeah. uh, you've got to protect people. We just have to do a better job. Maybe it's going to cost more for security to have extra people. But you know that that's the price we're going to have to pay because you don't want somebody getting hurt seriously. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um... I didn't know that about Virginia. Um, you know, I don't think anybody's storming the court in, anytime soon for the, you know, Virginia. Mm. But I didn't know that about Virginia. Um, but that's actually a good concept. I'm even, I would like to hear, you know, a situation like that. Don't even shake hands. Give that extra minute or two 
to kind of get it out and clear it out. And, yeah. uh, you know, teams will understand that, like, you know, you beating a team, whatever, and they exciting, whatever. There's no exchange of the hands right there because things might happen. So you go yeah. ahead and just get your players and staff all the way off the court and then let them home team do what they need to do. In fact, Steve Forbes, the Wake Forest coach, he also said he doesn't like court storms. He thinks it's dangerous and all that. But he said he tried to signal to John, hey, you guys just go. We don't have to shake hands. I'm not going to be offended. It's okay. This is about to get nuts. So mm. th- there's some understanding among the coaches. They all get it. Yeah, so we yeah. just got to get you know people in charge to kind of take care of that. But anyway, so um, that's all right. We've talked about that. We're going to get on to some basketball here too because that was a big game on Saturday. And, uh, we'll talk about how Duke played some of the things that went well and some things that didn't go well as they get ready for these last four games of the season. But, okay, drum roll, please. We've got a great new sponsor. I love betting my friends and betting on anything, sports games, who's fast. That's what Cut allows me to do. The Cut app, it's K-U-T-T, is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's legal in 40-plus states. Cut has customizable odds, tracking capabilities, and an entire social network with group chats, user profiles, and rewards. All payments, no need for Venmo. Use our promo code, Believe, that's Believe Duke, that's B-L-E-A-V-D-U-K-E, for a 10% welcome deposit bonus. Don't forget that promo code. Cut, put your money where your mouth is. All right. So, yes, love our new sponsor, uh, Cut. So, um, all right, so now we're moving to talk basketball. We talked about the shenanigans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I know b- b- talking to you know coaches and stuff before the game Saturday, one of the big concerns was could Duke match the level of play needed to compete in an environment like that? Because that place was sold out. It was the biggest crowd they've ever had for a Wake Forest basketball game. Okay. Even back when Chris Paul was there, all that. This is the biggest crowd they ever had. Okay. So the, the atmosphere was there, and we know what happened to Duke at Arkansas and Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Not so much Georgia Tech. That was a different, you know, Tyrese got hurt, maybe all that, right? But uh, we saw the way the team kind of couldn't play up to that level. And it seemed like in this game, I know the last five minutes got squirrely and there's a lot of turnovers and you don't want to lose the game. Mm-hmm. But the way Duke kind of matched him punch for punch for a long time, I thought was a good sign. I thought more so than what we saw at UNC when they got behind and could never really get it back to single digits, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, I think we did a good job of matching, uh, like you said, punch for punch. Uh, despite us being kind of a little bit of a handicap with guys being in foul trouble. So we couldn't really go really aggressive with their punch for punch, you know, that we was doing. But the thing is, like, the freaking Hunter Salas, this guy yeah. was killing. I'm like, <laughs> I had tweeted at halftime, like, yeah, just stop one guy. We up double digits, you know, like, just yeah. one guy. Like, hey, just stop him. And I'm not sure his story about how he got out of, uh, I think it was Gonzaga. But yeah. that, that, that guy can play. I'm not sure what's going on, but that guy can play. Um, but the fact that, you know, we had uh, we're Mitchell with two fouls in the first half, Roach with two fouls in the first half, uh, Young had three fouls in the first half. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and then um, it, it was just it was just like, all right, well, what can get worse? What can get worse? Like we can regroup at halftime and then kind of hopefully, you know, bring, you know, bring that energy back. And I know that we had a stat where 29 straight wins after leading at halftime, and we got kind of cut in half because uh, what was it? Um, was it, it was a bad shot by Flip. He had an air ball at three, and it came down and got fouled. Yes, uh, right Blake at the end of the first foul. half. Blake right at the end of the first half, and then yep. cut the, the lead from four to two, yep. and we went into um, 
we went into the halftime only lead by two instead of four, and which potentially could have been seven if we had, you know, flipped and made that three. But the fact that, I don't know, we started the second half and Roach somehow, the one guy who's shooting well for weight, he loses Hunter when, within the first, what, minute or so of the game, and yeah. he nails the three. And then uh, I'm like, you know, they kind of got him going, and somehow he got free and transition and got hit another three. And I'm like, you know, this guy is the main guy scoring. How is he getting all these open looks? And that's, that's what I was getting frustrated by, like, you, the senior, uh, you know, on the team, you should be able to be, you know, foot for foot, step for step, hip to hip with this guy because that was their all their whole offense at the time until Carr kind of st- stepped up later on in the game. But I was like, I was very frustrated with that because I was like, there's no way that a good shooter, like, like I keep saying back in my day, uh, JJ, I can't imagine JJ can be getting three clean looks. Like, there's no way JJ would get three clean looks. Yeah, it shouldn't happen, right? And no, by the way, no. uh, Hunter Salas averaged like four points a game last year at Gonzaga. I don't know what, maybe, I mean, they had Drew Timmy. They had a lot of good players, so maybe he just didn't get playing time. But, boy, Mark Few let one get away there, man. They could use him this year because yeah, yeah, they're, they're struggling to win their conference. I know they're like 22-6, and six, but they're not as good as they usually are. But anyway, no, no. Uh, Hunter Salas is a player. <laughs> yes, he definitely is. <laughs> that guy is going to paid to play in the, uh, pro basketball soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good for him. But, but yes, it was frustrating, I know, uh, from a Duke perspective to see him get those open looks early, and they they made their first six shots after halftime. They came out just smoking, and they ended up shooting mm-hmm. almost seventy percent for the second half, sixty nine point two percent or whatever it was, mm-hmm. which is just you know inexcusable, right? So yeah. Duke had some problems on defense there for sure. But despite all that, I, I mentioned earlier, like that happened. Foster got hurt with fifteen minutes to go, uh, tweaked his foot, and um, uh, had to leave the game, so he wasn't available for the whole rest of the game. Um. With and an update on him, uh, update on him from Wednesday morning or Monday morning. Uh, he he had some imaging work done on the, on that foot, uh, you know, MRI that kind of stuff. And um, you know, later on, it, uncertain what his injury is. We'll see about Wednesday's game at, at Louisville. So that was a little bit up in the air. Um, Flip didn't need like an X-ray or anything on his knee, so hopefully it's going to be okay. But but um, <clears throat> back to not having Foster for the last fifteen minutes. That kind of messed with the rotation, right? I mean. Um, Foster handles the ball quite a bit. He's done a good job not turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would like to see Proctor on Salas a little bit more because he's kind of a better lockdown defender uh, than than Jeremy is. But mm-hmm. um, and he's six five, he's taller. He could yeah. match up a little better that way. I don't know if that's because Foster wasn't able to play, and so Proctor had other duties because there wasn't as much depth. But um, yeah, that's that's a game that got away. And, uh, you know, it's good for the ACC that Wake Forest won because it's going to get them in the tournament, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But I think we all wanted to see. And, again, I thought Duke, I thought they showed more fight in that game than they did against Carolina. I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to stay on that point. I think that was good. But, you know, the three turnovers late really hurt, right? Especially yeah, yeah, you get gross. the ball down 81-79. You, you, got, you got a chance to tie or win the game right there. And it felt like an old school – that's a game Duke steals on the road, right? Yeah, and the thing is um, how great Roach played in the second half because I think he had two points in the first half. He only had he had 12 points in the second half. And the fact that he had back-to-back turnovers with a minute to go in the game mm-hmm. and we still had a chance to tie the game up. And then it seemed like 
what was, it was kind of confusing to me. It seemed like we were trying to go for the three and win it all instead of just attacking the basket and getting the uh, the basket. And then all of a sudden, we forced overtime and we can play that. I know we were hurt, especially for our bigs, because uh, we're down Ryan Young, who fouled out at that time. Uh, I want to say uh, Flip had four, I think. He did. I think um, yeah, Mitchell had three. Yeah. Mitchell had three. Uh, yeah. So, it could have gone either way in the overtime, but at least we had another chance. So I didn't like the fact that we kind of pushed the ball up the court and then we stopped around a little bit before the three-point line and then we tried to get the, uh, flip the ball. It kind of yeah. went off his hands or pinky or whatever and went out of bounds. And I'm like, why are we trying to look for a three instead of like, hey, we got guards. Just drive the basketball and make something happen. Just go, right? Just go to, yeah. the, go to, the, go to the cup. See yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was confused about. Yeah, um, and that unfortunately, because of all the stuff that happened afterwards, we didn't get to you know discuss that as much. And I, I did talk to Jeremy about it a little bit, and you know he just said, "Hey, you know we we were sloppy with the ball late, and we should you know we messed up." So he kind of took yeah. it that way. But I did wonder. I mean, obviously they've they've practiced into the game situations. That's something you do all the time, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you get yeah. the ball, um, and it, it was a great def- for all the poor defense that Duke played in the second half of that game for Wake to shoot sixty nine percent. That last defensive stand was strong. I mean, to to force that miss, uh, mm-hmm. they had to shoot because Duke decided to let it play out because the shot clock was such. They were going to have to shoot with like 13, 12 seconds and uh, forced them into a really tough shot. It was it was good good defense, and Duke got the rebound. 10, 9 seconds, whatever it was. Plenty of time. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. no timeouts left because you used them all earlier. But, but, you know, you have to know what you're doing in that situation. When you, when you got the ball, you're down, down two. Uh, less than 10 seconds. Uh, maybe it was because um, Caleb Foster wasn't available and uh, you had a different five on the court. Although that was the old starting lineup. It was Proctor and Roach and, and all that. So um, definitely missed opportunity there at the end uh, to, to get that win. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't really notice while I was watching the game, um, but I didn't know that Caleb wasn't playing. So I didn't know that he got hurt. So I know like, well, in the first half, it seemed like when we needed a big shot, Caleb hit a big three. Then also he did another big three. And I'm like, okay, he's becoming that guy that's going to be, you know, that step up for a you know, big moment type, you know, type guy. And I'm like, okay, Caleb started coming into his own. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, where's Caleb? We haven't seen Caleb. And then um, I didn't know that he actually, you know, got hurt. So I was kind of, kind of upset about, you know, him getting hurt because he was starting to become, you know, you could see it coming. Like, you know, he started to become this, confident big time big moment guy and now he got hurt and especially in a big game like that i would have liked to see him him kind of play out um that rest of that game yeah he has become somebody that they 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 rely upon and so hopefully this injury isn't like you know really serious and he'll be able to come back before the end of the regular season duke has four games left uh wednesday against louisville saturday home with virginia then at state on monday and then at of course home with carolina to wrap it up um, but speaking of Carolina, they're now back in first place yeah, in the SEC. Duke's a game back. So <clears throat> Duke needs uh, somebody else to beat UNC and then Duke to beat UNC now because uh, of the head-to-head situation. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, they're going to probably need some help uh, to get past them because you know, if you end up in a tie, you're going to have a lot of tiebreakers. Um, so that's a bad thing about the loss at Wake. I mean, uh, Carolina played well to go up and, and beat Virginia, so Duke's going to have to do the same with Virginia this coming Saturday. Um, at Cameron, but yeah, uh, I try, you know, I try, to, I try watching that game, man. 
Oof. It, it was like 20 something to 12 and a half oh. time. I was like, oh my God. So they I'm started looking, at like three of 25 for the court for the yeah, field. Like, I'm not looking forward to that, that Duke Virginia game. So, yeah. Ugh. At least it's at Cameron. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's brutal. Nobody wants to. Yeah. People yeah. need to mark themselves safe from Virginia basketball. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is nasty. Um, but, the, you know, the only thing about the Wake Forest loss, a lot of Duke's goals are still possible. Um, you know, you can get a, a two, a, a two or maybe a one or a two seed in the ACC tournament. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to the NCAA pairings, Duke is still looking at its two or three seed. Didn't hurt them in that department at all, um, uh, because other teams have lost. So yeah. you're still kind of in that. You're in good shape. It's not. That's that's not, that's a good. That's not a bad loss. Way way yeah. the tournament. So. Uh, but you just want to show that you can, you can play in those situations, and so Duke will have a, two more chances. Um, you know their home games, uh, Carolina and Virginia, at State will be another test because we know bad things can happen over in Raleigh, right? For Duke, that's next Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping that we can get uh get our players uh right and uh make sure that uh, we can get everybody healthy. Um, I know we have uh, Louisville coming up next, so you know that could be something that we kind of. You know, help ourselves, but then again, this is ACC, so you don't know what's going to happen. It could be anything that happens. So I can't, I can't even sit there and say, put it past, you know, it, you know, oh, we have an easier game type thing, because you know, you never know what's going to happen, because we've seen a lot of crazy stuff already throughout the whole college basketball. We have, and Louisville's in last place, and they shouldn't be able to come into Cameron and win. So um, we'll see who's who's available. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Cameron on on Wednesday, yeah, right? Yep, right? yep, yep. Coming to uh, the Louisville game, so. Uh, my first uh, game this year, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm coming in to see it, and I'll see you at the game. Yeah, man, that'll be great. We'll be in person, just like yeah. Uh, it'll be just like uh, Atlanta, except the outcome, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yes, we were together at Georgia Tech that day in December, and yeah. uh, that didn't go out well for Duke. But I think uh, you know this team's uh, got a pretty good mindset. I, the, the loss, you know. Uh, uh, notwithstanding, that was a that wasn't the performance you wanted at the end against Wake, but this team still has a lot of uh, goals ahead of it to meet and uh, to reach, and uh, is playing uh, pretty good basketball overall. Um, uh, so we'll see how that goes Wednesday against Louisville. But uh, that is going to take it uh, in this edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. Uh, we thank our sponsor Bet Online. We thank our new sponsor Cut, uh, the social media app. Um, uh, gambling app so we'll see how, how that goes and sheldon looking forward to seeing you wednesday at cameron my friend yep yep looking forward to seeing you as well all right that'll do it for this episode everybody thanks for listening and uh, uh we'll see you next time and as always let's go duke
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.